we heard a few different things tonight. And I wanted to just kind of share back to you the points that I heard tonight, just, just because I think they're worth remembering. The first one was a sense of awe. You know, Christmas is a sense of awe. The second one was sacrifice. You know, that's, that's valid. How about family? How many of you got lots of family still to see? How many of you got family you wish you didn't have to see? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> the unexpected. That might also fall into the category of see family. We're not sure. But mine tonight is just the word real. You see, it doesn't matter how you were raised or how I was raised or what's different, what's not different. I'll just say that I, I grew up in a religious environment, but I didn't grow up in one that was a relationship with Jesus driven environment. And I remember, you know, going to church on Christmas Eve and, and you know, having to fight for a seat and being mad because, you know, I was like, why do I have to give up my seat, you know, once a year? I remember, I remember feeling that way. It's kind of silly, isn't it? We should all want people to be able to go to church any night of the year. And, you know, I remember thinking, there's got to be something more to this than that. I remember telling my friends, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to be an atheist because I don't understand any of this stuff anyway. Part of that was because, well, we went to two churches. One spoke in Latin and the other one spoke in, like, real Latin all the time. And I remember saying to my mom, Mom, why do we go to a church where the guy speaks in Latin? She said, because it's spiritual. And he said, I can't understand the word he's saying. It sounds more spiritual that way. True story. And so, you know, but for me, Christmas changed when I was 16 years old. And I shared a little bit about this on Sunday with our church family. So if you're visiting, I promise I'm going to add new nuggets to this. But for me, as a 16-year-old, kind of in your face, tell it like it is, you know, anybody... Identify with that 16 year old kid. That was me Just kind of shooting straight from the hip and letting it go wherever it needed I started a statement off with well, I'm just gonna be honest. If I started off with that you better duck because it was coming and for me I needed some answers to some questions and you know over the journey of time I Had come to a place where I needed to know if Jesus was real or not See, we had come to a colliding place in my life where I needed to know. Like, I was desperate to know. There were things happening in my life I didn't understand, things I'm not going to get into here, but there were spiritual things happening, and I didn't understand what they meant. I didn't understand what God was trying to tell me or trying to show me. And I, I remember, you know, the one year we, we had just bought a new house, and, you know, builders are always on time. So three months later, we got our house. But I lived, I lived with my my grandma for a while. And grandma's rock, you know. But she let me do whatever I wanted. So I finally got to see the world for what it really was, because grandma wasn't protecting me from it anymore, like mom and dad did. See, all those times that mom and dad said no, they were protecting me from something that they didn't think I needed to see. Well, now I was seeing it all. And my grandma was a good lady. She thought she was doing the right thing. I can't fault her for that. But my urgency to know whether Jesus or not was real or not became so urgent, so intensified that I, I fell into a deep place of despair. Like I was just 
desperate and depressed. And I said, God, I need to know if you're real. I need to know. And I just remember hearing a friend of mine say, hey, there's going to be a Bible study at church tonight. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, that's what every 16-year-old wants to do, go to a Bible study at church. It's like, no. But I found myself saying yes. And our church was using a building much smaller than this. The whole building fit in this corner. And we were in the basement. And it literally had just those string light bulbs. And uh, they had a guest speaker there that night. His name was Dan, oddly enough. And I thought it was a joke. You see, I didn't understand that God could kind of let us know stuff. He could communicate with us. I didn't know that. See, I thought the Bible was the only place he did that. I didn't know he talked to us. And so I went to church that night with my friend, and he drove and I didn't. I, I conned him into driving me there. Every single word Dan said that night, his name is Dan Statham, every single word he said, he was reading my book. He was reading my story. I was so uncomfortable that halfway through I clued in. He talked to my mother. <laughs> my mom told him everything. That was what I, that's really what I thought. So part of the end of the service, he said, if, if you know tonight that Jesus is real, if you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, you need to make a decision that Jesus is real, you need to come on up here and make a decision tonight to give your life to Jesus. And I was like, yeah, next day I knew I was up at the front. My friend grabbed my hand because I was getting up and tried to pull me down into my seat, so there's this tug of war happening now in a room like with 10 people. It's not that hard to hide that, you know. And he says to me, what are you doing? I said, I got to go. I understand if you don't, but I got to go. And I went to the front. I said, Dad, it sounded like you were talking to my mother. And he looked at me. He said, he goes, no, I was talking to somebody a whole lot more powerful than your mother. And then he began to share with me what he saw in my life that God had kind of revealed to him. And what became just a, a, a question of me asking God all of a sudden became about God becoming real, but not just becoming real, but becoming real to me. Real to me. How did that happen? From the back room where I was like, I'm not even sure you're real, to now all of a sudden, not only are you real, but you're real to me. I got up after that service was over, after I prayed a, a prayer with this guy named Dan, and I asked Jesus into my heart for the first time, and I asked him to forgive me of my, of my sins. I asked him to forgive me of my past because, I mean, you know everybody has one of those. No, just me? Okay, good. Just three of us. I mean, you know, we've got a past, we've got a present, we've got a future, hopefully. That's right. And, you know, I felt that God wanted all three. And so I, I said, I'm going to give you my past and my present and my future. And I got up and as I left that little service that night, I, I remember saying something to the youth pastor on the way out. He asked me if I'd be there next week, you know. He didn't think he'd ever see me again. I know he didn't. I came back. Every time the door was open, I came back. Because I needed more. But I didn't want my parents to know. This is how weird we can get because my dad had been telling me about Jesus being real for a long time, but I didn't want my parents to know. Because that would be admitting they were right. 
So I got as far as dinner at their house a couple nights later. And the Holy Spirit right at dinner says, you need to tell them what you did. I thought, who's that? You need to tell them what you did. Now, now I'm thinking, people are going to think I'm nuts. I'm hearing this voice in my head, you know. God's talking to me. Oh, boy, here we go. Friends, I told my parents, they just, first of all, they looked traumatized because I think they probably wondered if it would ever happen either. And as I got closer to Christmas, everything about that Christmas was different than every other Christmas I had ever experienced in my life. There were other Christmases where I got better gifts. There were other Christmases where I got more expensive gifts. But there was never a Christmas where I got a complete transformation from the inside out. There was just never a Christmas that came along before or after that that took me apart right from the inside out and made me better than I was. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, maybe you got dragged in here by grandma or maybe, you know, cousin Fred said, oh, I'll just come to church with me, it'll be funny. They lied to you. They wanted to get you here. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe you're here because you're visiting. Or maybe you've been here a thousand times before. And you've never made that decision. And you're like me, you're sitting in the back and you're thinking, man, that guy's talking my language. It's like he's talking, he's talking my number. It's like he sat down with my mom or dad and they gave him all the stuff. If you're here tonight and you'd say, you know what? I want this to be the first and the best Christmas of my life. I want to see the tree for what it really is. I want to see the lights for what they really are. You see, friends, I don't care what anyone says, commercialism can have its day. Because underneath it all, what makes it shine is the cross. So with that in mind, if you're here tonight and you've got a past, you know, the Bible says we've all sinned. That means we've all done wrong. We've all sinned. No one's exempt. And you, you'd like to make the record straight with you and God tonight. You want to leave this place knowing that you and him are on the same page. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to pray a prayer with you. And I won't embarrass you, I promise, because I don't believe in doing that to people. But if you're here and you'd be like, you know what, I really want to pray that prayer. I want to pray that prayer with you tonight. I don't want to leave. There's an urgency in my spirit that I just, I need to do this. Would you mind just lifting up your hand so I can see it? So I can know to pray for you tonight? So anybody say that's me? I'm obviously looking over here right now. So don't, you guys just wait. I'm coming for you. So anybody over here? I see your hand, sir. So anybody else? I'm going to go quick, I promise. Anybody over on this side? Some young ones, cool. All right. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I don't know if you know how to pray. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray it with me so that you don't feel alone. I, don't, I said I wouldn't embarrass you, and I meant it. And we're going to ask Jesus into our hearts. We're going to ask him to forgive us for our past, our present, and we're going to give him our future. Amen? And we're going to start over. The Bible says that the old man passes away. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to die the minute you pray the prayer, okay? Like, that's not what I'm saying. But in God's eyes, all the things that you did, the ledger is wiped out and it says, account paid in full. That's the greatest gift you'll ever get. Wiped away. 
So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight and I admit that I have sinned against you, against myself, and against others. So I ask you tonight to forgive me. I give you my past and everything in it. I give you my present and all that's going on. And I give you my future and all that I hope to be. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Can we give them a hand tonight? Come on now.